Welcome to the Crazy Cool Family Podcast with Don and Suzanne Manning. Parents, what if we could give you the power to transform your family into something absolutely amazing? A family where everyone is healthy, gets along, loves Jesus, and has great purpose in life. Hey, let us flip your thinking to unlock the power God has given you to create your own Crazy Cool Family. Do you remember the show Leave it to Beaver many, many years ago? In that show, you had Ward Cleaver, and he went to work every day for the same company, and June Cleaver stayed at home, and everybody kind of did the same thing. So fast forward 50, 60, 70 years, our world looks totally different. I mean, even since the pandemic, it looks different. More people are on Zoom calls. More people are doing side hustles. More people are working from home. Some people are starting businesses, and many people change jobs like, you know, like they change clothes, it seems like. In the midst of it all, how do you hear God's voice in the many choices we have? And how does a husband hear the Lord? How does the wife hear the Lord? What do we do for the best thing for our family? So many choices, so many options. How do you hear the Lord? Should I start a business? Should I stay at this job? What's the right answer? Well, that's why we're going to talk with a wonderful lady. Her name is Shay Bynes. Shay has an organization called Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur, and she's been helping people for decades, really, make those choices and hear the Lord's voice in their careers and, and advise them on things. And so would you welcome with me Shay Bynes, and we're going to have a discussion today of everything under the sun about career, about business, and about life in in the world that we live in today with so many choices. Hey, welcome in, everybody. We are uh, so excited to be here today with Shay Bynes. Shay is the founder of the Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur, kingdomdrivenentrepreneur.com, if you want to find out more about that. But uh, welcome, Shay, first of all. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here with you, Don. Yeah, Shay, we're going to talk today. Uh, we were just before the podcast. So I, we were just talking, kind of, you know, talking about what we're going to talk about. You know, if you go back 50 years ago, 60 years ago, we had, you know, dad went to work, mom stayed at home, leave it to Beaver. You know, <laughs> it was that, that was, that was the, the goal of society. You know, dad stayed at work at the same company for 40 years. Oh my goodness, in 2023, how different it is today. All the different, yeah, very much, all the different opportunities. And so, one of the things I want to talk about today with Shay, Shay, uh, Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur, they do so many things, books, and she'll tell you all about some stuff in a minute. But, but really, just one of the things we want to focus on today is how do you hear the Lord in it? You talk about grace over grind, right? Yes. And so, yes. you know, how do we figure out what we're supposed to be doing? How do we not do it in our own power? Who should work? Who should not? So welcome <laughs> to the We're so glad you're here. Well, I'm glad to be here. And so, yeah, we could we could talk about that because that's been really the story of my life. You know, I shared with you before we hit record how, you know, I, I've been with my husband. We've been, we'll be married 24 years uh, this August, we've been together since age 16. And after I finished college, I started a corporate career and it was about 10 years into my corporate career. And I had a little business activity on the side just to have, you know, just to have some options and to be able to express some creativity on the side. But it was the voice of the Lord that led me to leave a corporate career and a side business to walk into full-time entrepreneurship. And what was interesting about that season was that 
you know, I, I heard, I heard, I heard the sentence from the Lord. It was, you're going to leave this job by June of 2010. And this happened to me in January, 2009. So right. it was 18 months from now. And I knew, cause some people would say, well, how do you know that that was the Lord speaking to you? This is what I knew. I'm a strategist and a planner and I never had that idea and never had that thought. And so when that thought, when I was praying and I was speaking to the Lord about my goals and my plans, and I hear back just a thought, like a very clear thought in my mind, which was, you're going to leave this job by June of 2010. I'm like, I believe that was the Lord because I, that wasn't my idea. That wasn't my thought. And so sometimes it's like, I could talk about these various trajectories of my life where there was just like this divine interruption from the Lord or whether I was actively seeking the Lord concerning something where it is just his, it is the, the response that he give us, gives us that we have to take in faith and say, I'm going to take some steps forward and allow him to confirm that and further clarify it as we go. Yeah, so for, good. what's that? I said, that's good. That's good. Um, yeah. And so how do you, you know, so, um, you know, there's so many options today. I mean, I was just talking about, you know, if I look down, for example, my four daughters who are married now, yep. each one of them has a different scenario, you know, and the way some of them are working full time, some right. of them working full time from home, some of them working full time in the office, some of them working kind of quasi part time, some of them in graduate school, some of them in this, so many different things. And so when you, and you talk to a lot of people all over the country about entrepreneurship in particular. So when you talk to them, and they are going through their particular scenario and then they all have these ideas about what they're supposed to be doing and and oh my goodness here's the side hustle and here's the main hustle and do i go into business for myself what do you do how do you do you have anything that helps them to navigate those waters yeah so i'm a big believer that if god's put a a, a dream in your heart that if you have just like that internal just like nudge to move forward i'm a big fan of taking faith steps and not faith leaps, right? So what that looks like is if there's something on your heart, then just taking even small steps in the beginning. Now, I know I said I left my corporate, I left a whole corporate career, which felt like a really big leap. But that was also it took 18 months of going back and forth with the Lord around things before I did, before I did it. But there, but taking those small steps to begin to just put your hands to the things that God's putting on your heart to do, as you begin to walk that out, greater clarity comes as you move. So I tell people like, if that's, if that's on your heart and you just kind of have like this internal kind of burden, like this, like, I, like, I really feel like I should be working on this now, then take a step towards it. I think a lot of people, what they'll do is they will wait for perfect conditions. Um, they'll talk themselves out of moving forward on something because they think, oh, well, you know, I need to be able to do these 10 things, or it needs to look this big, or I need to be able to do this much as opposed to just stewarding one small step at a time. And sometimes that small step might be researching the idea mm -hmm. or having conversations with people about the idea, seeing, you know, having conversations with people who have done it before spending time in prayer and journaling out the things that he's putting on your heart as you're seeking him around the things that you're thinking about, right? All of those steps are small steps towards stewarding the thing that's on your heart. And I think if more people are willing to do those small things, then, then you'll have greater clarity around the timing in which to go further, deeper, or whatever that's going to look like. And for some people, it might be a side business for a very, very long time. And for other people, it might, you know, blossom into something larger that they're going to spend their full time on. 
Do you find, okay, so I used to be in the business of um, do a loan brokerage business where I helped people with franchises get started. Yes. So talked to a ton of people over like five or six years that were in corporate America and were going to start their franchise. They were going to have all this freedom. Shay, <laughs> they were going to be free, free from the corporate, you know, barriers and all this stuff. So what would you say? You've been in both council people, you know, um, and what would you say when people are thinking, oh, I want to be out of corporate world. Um, it's, it's such a drag. I want to be my own boss. Um, I want to have this, this side hustle is going to turn into a multi-million dollar deal. How do you counsel people with that? Yeah, I think that, I mean, I think it's a good place to start with vision, but if the vision is simply, I want to get out of this corporate thing with the intent of, the, you know, if your thought is, oh, if I do my own business, I'm going to escape all the things that I really, really despise about my corporate career, then I've got to say that, that you definitely don't want to take leaps. You definitely want to move slower because a lot of times we have perceptions. If you're coming from a place of I'm just an angst because I don't like where I am right now but then don't spend the time cultivating around getting enough information and insight and seeking the Lord on the things that are on your heart, you can actually pre, you could just out of frustration, leave something too early. And so that's why to me, spending that time and prayer around things, because God will give you peace, to your, peace in your heart around things. And I'm a big fan of having conversations with the Lord. It's not just praying, you know, well, this is the thing that I want, Lord, so please confirm yes or no, or Lord, just please shut the door if I'm not supposed to, or open the door if I'm supposed to, but actually engaging him in conversation. What are the questions that are on your heart? Asking him what's on his heart concerning this situation, that you hate your job, and so therefore you think a good idea is for you to, yeah. you know, start this franchise. I mean, I one of the things that I say often, I talk about this in, in uh, Grace Over Grind, is that we have, it's like, we have this invitation to do all things with God. And so what I love about engaging God is that we can get the heart of the father, we can get the mind of Christ, and we can get the strategy and the leading and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And so we get to get all of that by just simply engaging him. And I think a lot of times we just do things as opposed to engaging him, or we just do things because we just feel like we're being led by our feelings, led by our agitations, led by the opportunity, led by the money, led by all the other things as opposed to being, you know, led by the Holy Spirit, who really desires to be involved in these types of decisions and to give you insight. And that leads me to a question. Do you feel like in all of your stuff, when you talk to people, do people leave and do things too soon or do they do things too late? It depends on the personality of the person. Because there's people, because everyone has different speeds in which they move, right? So, so, so some people, you know, they're the leapers, so they'll jump and try to figure it out later. Cause, you know, but, you know, so I'm agitated by this. I'm going to leap because I don't want to be here anymore. And then I'll just go figure it out. And there's other people where it's like they take forever to make a decision to do that. So I've experienced both of those things. But I do believe that this, this is why I keep going back to this idea of engaging God around this, because then you're not going to be just led by your feelings or led by your personality type <laughs> in right. terms of the, the timing to make these decisions. But you will be you'll be led and just and you will have peace in the midst of the timing of the decisions that you're making. It doesn't mean you won't be uncomfortable, but there will be peace despite the discomfort, right? So I just really think that I think the Holy Spirit is so underrated, Don. 
There's so many things that it's like, he's like right there. Hey, I'd, I'd love to talk to you about this. I'd love to give you guidance around this. I'd love to, you know, be the one that that's leading and, and opening this space for your peace to go to walk through it with me. But you're not talking to me about this thing because you're led by other things. And well, other so we talk about that a lot in our parenting stuff about um, parents hearing the voice of God, because, you know, so often you get to parenting decisions that there's no right answer. Um you don't know exactly which school should they go to or, you know, should they be in this group or not or, you know, things like that. And and the same thing happens in business. You yes. know, should we start? Should I be with this company or should I stay where I am? Things like that. How do you tell people just from a practical standpoint to hear the Holy Spirit in their yeah. career business choices? Yeah. So I talk about this concept of having business meetings with God. So a lot of times we have our, our personal time where it's like, oh, they might listen to your favorite worship music. You'll read your favorite devotional. You read, you read a scripture a day or a chapter a day or whatever. And then you kind of go along your day. Right. And so the, those are wonderful things. But the idea of having a business meeting with God is to actually engage him in other ways as well around the practical things going on in your business. So what I usually say to a business owner is, you know, I want you to sit with the Lord and have a conversation. I want you to have your journal out, you know, whatever, whatever you've got out. And I want you to take, I want you to surrender your to-do list. I want you to ask him, what's his heart concerning this business? What's his heart concerning the people that you serve? And even what's his thoughts concerning the things that you consider to be a priority, you know, that to-do list that you have, right? And actually engage him. When you read the scripture, actually, instead of reading it for achievement, actually practice really asking the Holy Spirit to bring that word alive for you, to make that real and practical in your day-to-day for you. I mean, so I'm just saying to, for people to engage God differently. And what I find is that when people do that, they begin to experience, this is all about cultivating intimacy with God, they begin to experience that even if I don't get, I might not get an exact answer to the thing that I was thinking about like right then, but sometimes people do. But then other times you might get it later. You might get it when you're going to pick up your kid later on that day when you're not thinking about it, you, you, the shower the next morning or something like that, right? But being willing to actually engage God in some ways that you haven't before. So it's about cultivating intimacy with God and being willing to have super practical conversations and seeking him about super practical matters. Strategy, right? Key to not just only the big major decisions that you have to make, but practicing engaging him in the smaller things. Not because you're a robot and you have to get instructions about doing everything, but because you're cultivating intimacy with God and ear to hear, getting a sense of the be- of, of, of how he engages with you, you know, the most. You know, this might be weird for some people who are listening to <laughs> listening right now, because everyone's kind of different in their journeys with God. But for some people, it's like, they they will have like a thought. I call it like I call it a thought impression. Like I gave the example with my corporate my corporate job when it was like you're going to leave this job by June of 2010. For other people, there might be dreams where God speaks profoundly. My husband, God speaks profoundly to him in his dreams. Right. right? So he can have a question that he has before the Lord, but yet get the answer in his dreams. There's people that it's like when I'm by the water, I happen to hear more clearly because something about the stillness or something, you know, where I'm more open to receive things from the Lord. There's times, there's times where people see something. It's like you're seeing something in your, your mind's eye. He's giving you a picture, right? And so how do you know 
Well, all these various ways of spiritual intelligence and all these ways that, that God engages with us, we don't begin to cultivate confidence in how he's engaging us if we don't take the time to spend time with him over, the, over even the smaller things. Yeah. So then, you know, your website, your business, your company is the kingdom driven entrepreneur. Do you find that some, do you encourage everybody to be an entrepreneur or are some people? No. Better off? I mean, so what do you like? I mean, some people might say, oh, well, you know, Shay's going to say we all should be entrepreneurs. What, no. do you, what do you think about that when you're hearing God about staying with a company or being an entrepreneur? No, I do not think that everyone should be an entrepreneur. First of all, that's not even practical because people need to work at companies, right? So it doesn't, that doesn't even, even make sense. Whenever I hear people say that, I'm like, that doesn't even make sense because people need to work for companies, you know? But no, I just don't, I just believe that there's assignments. You know, everyone has kingdom assignments and they and they change over time. And, you know, you'll work one place and you might be in business another time and he might even take you out of entrepreneurship and right into, you know, a corporation again, whatever. But the idea is to be, led by God in these matters, because it's really not, it's entrepreneurship. I think sometimes people make it look like it's all this glitz and glamor. And it's like, oh, well, now you're going to have freedom of all the things or whatever. And, and then they'll come off of a fairy tale thinking that this, they're going to experience one thing and then realize, oh, you know what? Um, I'm not built for this. And in fact, I just needed to find a better job that I was better designed for, you know? And so I think it's not about being an entrepreneur or not being an entrepreneur, but it's like, what, what are the gifts that are inside of you? What are you designed for? Like, what are these callings and assignments that he has on your life? They can be expressed in so many different ways. So, but that's a longer answer, but short answer. No, not every, I do not, I don't no, recommend I everyone be an entrepreneur. Yeah. You know, it's like we're in the Dallas Fort Worth area and, um, I always, people ask, what school should I put my child in? I'm like, you have so many options. You could homeschool, charter school, private school, public school, whatever it is, or anything in between. So there's no right answer to that question. You have to, do, you have to discern from the Holy Spirit where the school option should be. We've actually in the Manning family, we've done them all. But, yes. uh, but then I think it's, this, and don't you think it's kind of the same way with business? And today we have so many options. And, we so, do. and it's almost like, do you find with people that because we have so many options, it's a little bit overwhelming to them? I think so. Uh, and then you think of just the nature of attention spans. It's very easy for people <laughs> to get into like the squirrel syndrome where it's like you're on one thing. And if it's not making enough progress fast enough, then the next shiny object that comes along that looks like it's attractive, you know, then, OK, well, actually, let me try that. So I think that there is there's definitely a lot of that that happens. I think that, you know, it's really this, but I believe that when you're led by the Holy Spirit, then you're not going to be led by what seems to be an opportunity where it's just like, I'm going to jump from one thing to the other and not have the diligence, the faith and the patience to walk through growing something and allowing it to progress. You know, I think a lot of people really quit before they'll quit the thing before it has opportunity for breakthrough. A lot oh. of people have short, short attention spans, but when you feel like this is an assignment and you have a conviction around that thing, you're not leaving. Even if you get agitated when when things don't go the way you want uh, or the way you'd hoped, you still have that you still have that peace and that stick-to-itiveness, as my uncle calls it, to to walk, continue to walk it out even through those seasons. Yeah, I want to dig into that a little bit because I I believe that, and I think I, I would like for to get your thoughts on it. Yeah. Are you looking for an encouraging book to read? Well, guess what? We wrote a book called Crazy Cool Family. 
It's based on our 30 plus years of parenting experience and all that God taught us about His heart for relationships and for family. So do you want to read something engaging, funny, that will inspire you to love every person in your family? Crazy Cool Family is for you. Click the link in the show notes to purchase a copy for yourself today. It seems like to me that if you're going, the people I've seen that are successful, entrepreneurs in particular, are the people who have stayed with it. Yes. And and so one of the things would be, and what I hear you saying, and I think, uh, you know, is that if you're going to make changes in your career, make changes after you've invested, not jumping from thing to thing. Would, would that be something that would be, am I, am I on the right track there? Yeah. I, yeah. I'm definitely not an advocate of jumping from thing to thing. Like if you, if you really, if you really feel like this is the direction that I'm looking to go, then you've got to give it space and you've got to give it time, you know, in order to grow. Now I am a fan of, if you've been at something for a really long time and then like the, the piece is gone, you feel like, you know, it's just like, okay, I've been at this for a really long time. I've, I've been doing this for the last three years. I, I can't see any fruitfulness in this. And I just don't even have peace with this. And you're probably, there probably is a need to pivot. You know, I've written articles around like when to quit, right? So, I mean, there is such thing as that. And then God, because God is God, like there will be nothing wasted from those three years in which you did it. And there will be some some goodness from that that helps you in the next thing. So yeah, you don't have to stay in something forever, but you've got to give it an opportunity to flourish. What are, what are, let's go on that side for a minute. Yeah. What are some signals in that article? Signals to quit. Like, yes. Say, or what, what are some signals to, you know, it's kind of like Jeff Foxworthy said, you know, you might be a redneck if. Right, right, right. If, if this happens, you may want to quit your job. What would you say to answer that question? No, did you say, for, so this is specifically for quitting your job? Is that what it was? Well, making a change, making a change. Or making a change. Yeah, yeah so I... I have found that an initial starting point is there's usually just an internal disruption in your spirit where it's just like all of it, like things were fine before, but then it's like either, either it's a suddenly or it's a kind of this decline over time where it's just like all of a sudden just, there's just a lack of peace and grace for the thing that you're in. And it's not just because there might be a complicated situation going on because you can have complications situations and be right in the goodness and the will of God for what you're doing, but just need to get through that with God. Right. But there are definitely seasons where you will have this extended time of just like this. It's just, it just like I experienced when it was like, I know for months it was just like inside. I'm like, I know it. I know I've got to go. I didn't go because I was scared to go because it didn't make financial sense to go. And I didn't have, I didn't have that, that, that faith enough to make that, to make that jump at that time. But it was like, I had that internal, just, I, I, I just know it's, I just know it's time. I'm still working through getting to that point to where I will actually take action on that. But there was an, it was just like, there's just a lack of peace, you know? So that's usually one of the major clues. Another one is an absolute lack of fruitfulness, but I need to give this context. Because some people think fruitfulness, especially let's take business, for example. So in business, they'll say, oh, well, this didn't make six figures in the first year. Oh, it's not fruitful. I need to move on to something else. And it's like, no, 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 no. Just because you didn't reach six figures in one year does not mean this wasn't fruitful. Go look at it 
from a different lens and and count up the fruitfulness from your from this business whether it's financial whether it's you know in other areas of growth you know really count like what are the things and get God's perspective on what you've experienced, right? But there are times where there is legitimately a lack of fruitfulness. There's been times where there's been projects that we've done within the business. We weren't quitting the business, but there was things that we were doing, initiatives that we needed to quit because it was like, okay, we've been this for a year. There's lack of peace. There's lack of participation. You know what? It We need to quit that. We didn't quit the whole vision, but we quit that one thing, right? right? So it's kind of like, you've got to look at it and it might just start with just this inner... Sometimes there's external things that give you clues, but a lot of times it starts internal. But then really seeking God's heart concerning that will help you navigate through that so that you don't, you know, abandon something that you're supposed to persevere and grow through, you know, and that you don't linger around for something for way longer when, you know, you just could have left. One of the reasons why a lot of people won't leave something is because, you know, this concept of sunk cost where you've are, you've invested, you've invested the money, you've invested time. So it's like, oh, I'm going to keep at this and you keep throwing even more money at it, you know, so I've invested all of this. And so I have to stay. No, you don't. A sunk cost is a sunk cost. Once you've invested and it's there, it's done. So you don't have to stay with something way longer just because of the fact that you've put time and money into it either. And so that's why I'm like, I don't know how people navigate without seeking God around stuff. I mean, he really is the source of wisdom. He is wisdom himself. He is provision himself. He is wisdom himself. And so, you know, that's why we don't have to do these things. We don't have to make these decisions on our own, but those are definitely some clues, Don. Yeah. And you, um, so you mentioned um, grace over grind. Yes. And so uh, kind of as we, you know, start to lay in the plane a little bit here, um, I love that concept and, and really just apply. We've talked a lot about making decisions in your career, yeah. but man, there's also just the day-to-day of grace over grind, you know, in whatever situation you're in. Um, you know, I think that um, there is, uh, there's all kinds of different situations, but in, in reality, everyone can have grace over grind. Uh, and yeah. so what does that look like? No matter where they're, you know, some people have easy jobs, some people have harder jobs, some people yes. like their jobs, some people don't like their jobs, wherever they are today, yes. they're in that job. And so what does it look like to have grace over grind? I love that term. Yeah. With, um, you've got your book back there. That, that's, that's, yep. is that, that's, is that your latest one? Is that the one? That's, that's like- yes. So that's my fifth anniversary expanded edition of grace over grind. So the first edition came out five years ago. The second, this, this fifth anniversary one came out a few months ago. Well, uh, what do you, what would you tell people about how to have grace over grind in their lives, in their business lives? Yeah. Well, I'll define the terms first so that we, so that everyone knows, so we're having the same conversation. So when we talk about grace, I'm talking about that divine enablement from God that is enabling you to be all you're called to be, to do all you're called to do and experience abundantly more than you could ever do on your own. Right. So I'm talking about his grace and his favor. Then on the grind side, the grind defined as excessive hard work, excessive hard work. Another way I like to say it is doing things primarily in your own strength. And then I'm going to really mess with a couple of folks and tell you what the Holy Spirit said to me one day. And he said, go look up the word hard because, you know, we love to talk about hard work, hard work, hard work. I looked up the word hard and the word hard means unyielding, difficult mm-hmm. to penetrate. And he said, would you want to even define your work as hard? And I said, no, I wouldn't, but I need a new word. And he gave me the word diligence. It's like careful, conscientious, steady, energetic work, right? And so I'm like, we're called to diligent work with 
God, right? By the power of his grace. We don't have to work excessively hard, primarily in our own strength. And when we do, you know, yet leads to exhaustion. It leads to way less than God's best, confusion, all kinds of other things, right? So when we're talking about leaning into the power of God's grace, one of the, all of that starts with the foundation of intimacy with God. And I start people in business with that concept that I talked to you about earlier, which was that daily business meetings with God. Because how do we find that? How do we find that place where we have a source of wisdom, right? A source of peace mm-hmm. as we're going through all of our day-to-day stuff, day-to-day things. How else do we get the heart of the Father, the mind of Christ, and the and the strategy and the goodness, the leading and the guidance of the Holy Spirit? We do that through engaging God. Yeah. And so all so I start people on this daily business means with God, but then I say, but by the way, you don't have to just do this sitting at your desk, you know, every morning. You can do this, you can engage with God all day. Like you can talk to God yeah. between meetings while you're out going to go, you know, pick up your kids. You know, this whole concept of engaging God, I did this as a mom when I had my third child, you know, it's like I took a small break from work. Well, you know, I think for the first like three months or so after I had her, but as a mom, I was having to engage God around my motherhood, my mothering of my child, as well as parenting my older two, right? It was like, but how do I do that? I'm so busy. I've got all these things. Well, I can talk to him while I'm washing these dishes. I can talk to him while I'm feeding my baby. Right. So it's like I can have a business meeting (laughs) with God, a life meeting with God wherever I am. You know, there's just there's this ongoing flow of intimacy with God that we want to cultivate. That's number one. Yeah. Everything builds from there. That's awesome. So I think um, audience can tell why I wanted to have Shay on there. She's just got all kinds of energy, all kinds of wisdom with. um, and, And, you know, we're all dealing with husbands and wives in this workforce today everybody's dealing with, am I an entrepreneur? Where do I work? What are my options? So much out there. How do I not get overwhelmed by yeah. work? Uh, you know, and even the the moms that are staying at home still almost, you know, it seems like just about everybody has a side hustle of something. And then <laughs> that side hustle, usually they're really good at it. And sometimes it grows into a business and, yeah. and all the things that can happen. But in the meantime, you can just get run over by you know the grace over by the grind of it if you yes so let me ask you this so uh and um so um one of the things is i just know that you've got a lot of courses books a lot of things that you recommend to people but uh, we were talking about before you really have a new book out you want to go to really you would recommend this one thing what would you recommend right now where they go yeah i would recommend going to graceovergrind.com and grabbing a copy of Grace of a Grind. And even though the subtitle is How Grace Will Take Your Business Where Grinding Can't, I'm gonna tell you, I get messages from stay-at-home moms, I get messages from local church pastors, I get messages from college students, because this is a kingdom lifestyle message. I did write it for the business owner, but every single thing in here is applicable to every area of your life. I take all of these things, the framework, all the things that are in Grace of a Grind, I apply that to my life as a wife, my life as a mom, my life as a business owner for, for everything, you know? And so I encourage you, especially if you're in business or you work for a company or whatever, but I just want you to know that what's inside this book is a lifestyle message. And I get that feedback all the time. Yeah. We've talked about a lot of things, but I just kind of wanted to end it with that, that 
you know, if we can, I always like people to take at least one thing out of it, you know, and sometimes if we just take that one thing and it really is grace over grind, you know, yeah. I, I remember one time I preached a message and I called it walking at the pace of Jesus. Yes. But Jesus, you know, when we look at the life of Jesus, he changed the world, but he did it in a certain pace. Yes, that's a what that's part of one of the chapters talking about the pace of God's grace and how do you discern that pace and move with him at that pace. Yeah. Well, I think you can see that I'm sure uh, I haven't read the book yet, but I'm sure that uh, that you see in Shay that that energy is going to come out in the book and just her her vitality and just listening to the Holy <laughs> Spirit. So, um, you know, when we hear God's voice, great things happen. And yes. how, you know, how do we just how do we learn to hear God's voice? Just one little step at a time. Just, you know, God's going to be encouraging to you. He's going to be helpful to you. He's not going to condemn you. He's going to be a part of your life if you let him. That's what Shay yes. keeps saying. If you let him, you know, yes. quit going throughout our day and then wondering why God didn't show up when he was never invited, right? <laughs> right. He's yeah. like, he's been there the whole time, yeah, but wasn't invited exactly. into a situation, right? Well, I um, if you don't mind me sharing this, yeah, this one other it, point. Yeah. Um, one of the things I was super intentional about in the book is with in every chapter, I'm talking about these various, you know, gifts of, of grace and the burdens of the grind. But in every chapter, I'm saying, ask Holy Spirit these questions. And what I love so much about that is number one, you're putting in practice the, some of the things we're talking about. But what I find is that the power in the book is when people actually not just read the book, but they ask Holy Spirit the questions that are in that book, because that's what makes the message very personal. And that's where I get the most testimonies about, because he knows things that I don't know, right? A lot of things that I don't know. <laughs> that's an understatement. Yeah. But as I'm writing in that book, he can speak to you about you in the context of the framework that's laid out, right? And so it's super important that you don't just read the book to, to read what Shay said, you know, and, you know, but read the book and ask Holy Spirit these questions so that you can get the absolute most. It'll be the most powerful and impactful experience for you when you do. Awesome. Well, and I love books that are experiences, you know, that yeah. there's books that you read and you get, uh, you know, a point or two out of them. And there's books that really are experiences. Yes. Uh, so graceovergrind.com. We're going to put that in the show notes. Shay, thank you for being here with us. Thanks Super enjoy me. talking to you. I just always just excites me you just encourage me with with your with your energy and and just uh I, I love it when people love the holy spirit because i think there's just a vitality in that there's a reason the holy spirit's there yes. so so thank you so much Excellent. parents go get the book we'll put the, we'll put it in the show notes graceovergrind.com and um and as always parents go be crazy crazycoolfamily.com